0: Welcome to Yoga Magic, friends. I'm so excited you're here. This is the first of the Tuesday episodes. I hope you're excited. I am. (laughs) If you're new to Yoga Magic, most episodes are more traditional interview styles, and these Tuesday episodes, they're going to be a little bit different. They might not all look the same. Just I'm just going with it. We'll have you know more free flowing conversation, stories from listeners, from friends, from fellow seekers that are just they're out there on their spiritual journey. I really wanted to embrace you know the sense of community on this show this year, and so. Sometimes the episodes will be long, sometimes it might be just me sharing some short thoughts. We're, we're embracing the query and energy and breaking the rules right now, <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. I'm so excited to bring this conversation with my friend Kate Cherney to you all today. Kate has been such a spiritual teacher of mine for so long, for as long as I've known her. She's the kind of person that has a lot of wisdom, and you can you can feel it in her presence, she doesn't shy away from doing, you know, the more challenging work that comes along with spirituality. And we talk a lot about that on this conversation. I wanted to bring up this amazing story that I thought of after I listened back to this episode. Actually, I actually pulled it from one of my daughter's books, her little children's books. It's called Zen Shorts, which is a—it's just a collection of short stories um, that are ultimately like meditations or ideals to puzzle over. And one of these is based on a story that's rooted in Taoism. And it goes like this. So a farmer's horse runs away and all the neighbors say, oh, he's such bad luck. And then the next day, that same horse brings back a bunch of horses and everyone says, oh, he's such great luck. And then one of the untamed horses that came back injures the farmer's son and everyone's like, oh, bad luck. And then the next day, the military comes in and and starts drafting um, men from the community. But the son is okay because he's injured. And everyone says, oh, such good luck and so forth and so on. And it really hits home. As it relates to this conversation on manifestation, if you're new to manifestation, if you know it's a practice um, that I'm really a believer in, and I think it is becoming more commonplace to talk about it and to embrace it. What it is, it's just it's the practice of bringing something tangible into your life through attraction and through belief. We are such powerful beings, and we can truly make things happen when we believe in ourselves on a very deep level but you know as manifestations come in we don't always realize that that they're what we needed in that moment you know that that really isn't like good or bad it's ultimately just bringing you to the next step on your journey so my advice if you're if you're looking to incorporate manifestation into your life this year or whenever it's just to believe in your own power we are so Powerful and believe in yourself rather than looking outside of yourself. Be open to what the highest good is. You know, it may not look exactly like what you would plan, but it's ultimately what you need. And again, I just can't say it enough believe in your own power. We talk a little bit about gurus on this conversation and just that. No, Gabby Bernstein says you are your own guru. And I just, I'm such a believer in that. So, you know, manifestation is doing the work of embracing the parts of you that you sometimes might hide or you don't want to accept. Um, But that's the work. That's the work that will bring these manifestations, these steps on the journey to you um, and will get you ultimately to where you want to go. So I hope this is the first of many, many manifestation stories because I could talk about it forever. Just a little info on Kate. Kate Churney is a passionate seeker, a self-study enthusiast, just like me and you. <laughs> She's a yogi and a moon wisdom expert. She's been teaching yoga and spirituality for over a decade, and she she currently offers a whole bunch of self-study opportunities. Um, she does weekly yoga classes, moon ceremonies, workshops, and she has an ebook on moon rituals that I am so loving right now. If you want to learn more about Kate, you can follow her on Instagram at kate.com. That's K-A-T-E dot C-H-E-R-N-E. Check it in the show notes as well. Or check out her website, thesimplewisdom.net for some of her upcoming events. And a reminder, if you enjoy Yoga Magic, this episode, another episode, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with a friend. That's really how this show grows text it to them, share it on Instagram, and don't forget to tag at Yoga Magic Podcast. You can follow me, sharing all things self-care, self-discovery, all the time, lots of yoga, over at ashleysundergard.yoga on Instagram. And I'm just so grateful you're here, everybody. Happy New Year. Let's get to our first community conversation with Kate Cherney. All right, Kate. Thanks for for just hanging out with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to be here.
0: Me too. I'm So everybody listening, Kate's a spiritual teacher of mine. She has been for a long time. And I think why I always felt, and I know I'm not the only one. Kate's a very like, she's like a locally famous teacher. People seek out Kate is because you talk about spirituality in a way that like doesn't make me feel bad about where I'm at on this journey, if that makes sense. So Kate, I want to just like dive into your journey through spirituality as a yoga teacher, as a real life human (laughs) and how ego has played a role into this, because it's something that like, it feels to me like such a big idea, right? Spirituality and the ego, but like, actually we're all in it. So how did you, like, when did you really get into quote unquote spirituality?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So... I would say, you know, I mean, it's kind of a long story. I was making some notes for myself and thinking about like how, how to answer that question. Cause like you said, it's kind of huge. Um, I would say things sort of exploded for me in 2014 when I like, you know, and I had been teaching yoga for a while um, and definitely very much into self-reflection and you know, looking at myself and being really um, dedicated to self-development, but I got really into like, especially like more new age spirituality in 2014 and what prompted that. And I don't think, I don't think we knew each other at this time. I think we met a little bit later. Um, But I like a lot of crazy things came together at one moment that sort of forced me out of um, a situation. So I, it was like a perfect storm. Um, Basically what happened is I ended up quitting my job, waiting tables, and I decided that I was going to write my first book. Hmm. And um, yeah, it was just kind of this hilarious storm of all of these things coming together that like it was a very dramatic exit from my job. It wasn't like, Oh, you know, I, you know, it's time to leave. I'm going to quit. And then I'm going to go do this. It like was forced on me by the universe. Um, and then after I made that decision to focus on my book, which essentially was like my heart's desire at the time. Um, I think I had just read the alchemist for the first time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then a few months later, like this thing happened. And so I felt like so connected to my, purpose at the time. And it, it was a really exciting time, but I like, I don't even know, you know, how the universe works. It just, you don't really know how things come together or like, mm-hmm. but I, something opened up, maybe it was just having more free time. I remember I started taking meditation classes and that was the first time I'd really ever start like, um, like disciplined myself to meditate. And so there were like all of these things that were coming into my life that were pushing me more in that direction. And um, yeah, this whole door of sort of mysticism and spirituality just like came wide open and I just like dove in head first. And so I think that a lot of people have that experience. Yeah, where I think so too you know, like you probably have some connection to spirituality in your own way. You know, I think we all have our own, um, you know, whether it's religion or maybe just mindfulness and how we were raised. Like, I think everyone has that, you know, it's a, it's part of their life, but then, you know, things come together, something happens and it's just this like explosion and it's like an awakening. And that's what I felt like at the time. It was like an awakening. And so I start, you know, I was, I did all the things that everybody does, like watch as many YouTube, like, you know, <laughs> spiritual YouTube videos as you can. And like, you get attached to these YouTube teachers and, you know, you Do just you like remember adore. which
0: ones they were. I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like they're all on Gaia now, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so the one that I really fell in love with, uh, and she's kind of controversial is Teal Swan. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does a lot of, I mean, a lot of, you know, new agey spiritual stuff, but also a lot of like psychology, Mm -hmm. which has always been really inspiring to me. And always uh, a strong theme in my yoga classes of, you know, like looking at our psychology and and digging into that. And so, yeah, Teal Swan was like a huge, um, I don't know, inspiration, I guess, for me Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, But, and so this is like kind of an interesting thing with, some sects of spirituality is that they can get a little cultish. Yes. And I think that's like maybe a good segue into this discussion on ego. And I'm not quite sure how I'll get there, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but over time, you know, I was like devouring her videos and she had a ton of content. Um, and it, it was really effective. I felt like i um, made some huge progress listening to, you know, her teachings and what she had to say. And a lot of it was rooted in um, self-love and, you know, acceptance and childhood, you know, trauma or, you know, not necessarily like extreme trauma, but just those moments of feeling abandoned or rejected. And, you know, we all have that. And so over, yeah, over time, I felt like I just started to get a little suspicious just because of how attached to her I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think as leaders in our community, as yoga teachers, we see our, we see our students kind of get attached to us and they put, you know, they put us on a pedestal and I saw myself doing that with her. Mm -hmm. And I have definitely done that with other teachers before where, you know, they just become your guru. And it's like, they can do no wrong and they have all the answers. And I felt like a handful of my teachers at the time did have all the answers. And I, you know, like I didn't, I was missing something. Like I didn't know enough. And if I could just get to this, like one point that I would have it all, then I would understand. And you know, that mentality is somewhat damaging because I'm coming into it with the idea that I'm not enough. And totally. I think I think that can be what people get caught in when, especially at the beginning of their, you know, spiritual awakening or spiritual journey, um, just kind of being mesmerized and in awe at all of this information that's out there. because it's all new and it's it all feels so resonant and so powerful. Um but eventually I got to a point where you know, I had to pull back and I really had to reassess my relationship with, you know, with Teal Swan, but with other, other spiritual teachers too, and come back to my own intuition and realize that there isn't one path
0: and there mm-hmm. isn't
1: one person or one modality that has all the answers. And that was kind of, honestly, it was kind of a bummer because <laughs> totally. I, yeah, because I, th- for years had operated with, you know, this feeling like that did exist. Like I could get all the answers and I could, you know, I could, would reach a point soon where I would be totally enlightened. So to realize that that was not the case, that I was going to still have to, you know, keep coming up against, you know, my own wounds and my, my own inner stuff and, you know, demons, whatever you want to call it. It just sort of, it shattered that, honeymoon phase bubble that I was in. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) The spirituality honeymoon. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and so I think I got, I became a lot more grounded after I had that moment where I realized, you know, everybody is human because I think, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that, yeah, that was definitely a period.
0: That's actually, I feel like this idea of the guru is something that I mean, I think about a lot and I didn't even, it's kind of come back around in my life. So growing up, I don't know if, if you experienced this. So I was really, 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 I still am, I would say really faithful and really, really spiritual. But I think when I was younger, it was very much within like a compartmentalized box of religion. And I, for some reason, was obsessed with cults. Like I wanted to learn about cults and I read every book there was on Charles Manson. What, isn't that like, that's kind of fucked up for like, like, a, like a ninth grader. I was like really into it. But what I found to be so interesting is that like these people, they really were amazing teachers, right? Like they were, they were amazing teachers, but then the people that were learning from them just they didn't take, like you said, they didn't accept that like little moment of a bummer that these people are actually just humans, right? They are just humans. And we've seen in yoga, sadly, time and time and time again, Mm -hmm. where gurus, you know, Yogi Bhajan, like so many of these amazing teachers who have such light to share that used it in a really harmful way. And so you catching yourself like while in the moment probably felt like a bummer. What a gift, right? Like what uh yeah. gift.
1: So, but that, you know, I think that's, that's part of it. It's like that, that ego in a way is kind of what, well, I guess what I, I think would be interesting is to just sort of define what ego is. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> because there, I mean, and I've had this conversation with myself so many times and I've tried to write blog posts about it and it's just, it's such a massive topic, but there's a lot of different definitions for ego And so I think the important thing when we're discussing this, because ego has a bad rap, right? It's like when we hear that word, it's like, oh, yeah, I can't have an ego, especially in spiritual circles. It's like, you know, the goal is to get rid of the ego. And so before we talk about the negative aspects of it, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, ego is, is just your individual sense of self, right? To simplify it, like, that's it. Um, you think about the chakra system, the solar plexus chakra, it's, it's when we come to develop and recognize that, you know, I am an individual person, right. And that happens usually like when we're in that toddler phase and we start to push boundaries and we kind of see what we can get away with. And we start to recognize our own unique expressions and gifts. So the ego is really just a vehicle. To deliver our unique gifts to this world, because mm-hmm. we can't—I mean, we could, you know, have a bigger conversation about it. But I think, like, it's important. Your ego is really important in doing your work in the world. You have to be, you know, Ashley to to do your work, right? You can't just be sort of this nameless nothing to deliver what you are specifically delivering to this world. It's important that you're Ashley.
0: So if you didn't have a sense of self, you would be you would be kind of lost. You wouldn't know who you were. Is that I mean like I'm just trying to wrap my mind yeah. around it too.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I think even just bringing it back to specifically like the gifts and the that you give the world by being you and the work that you do here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just you you have to be a you like, you know, like for me, I would define myself in one way as a writer Mm. and a lot of the, you know, the content and the things that I bring to the world and the work that I do um, is delivered, you know, through writing because I am a writer. And so you need to have not even a sense of who you are, but you just need to be someone rather than like, you know, just this sort of expansive consciousness. Cause essentially it's like our body who we, you know, our individual human self is housing consciousness that we could argue is, you know, one consciousness, right. But it's yes. funneled through an individual. And so through that individual is where, you know, that consciousness can really do magic and create amazing stuff in the world. hmm And so, you know, part of developing I mean, we want to develop a healthy ego, which is a strong, you know, confidence in ourselves. And I think confidence Mm. is so important, but, you know, you go a little bit beyond confidence and becomes arrogance. And then we're kind of back to the, maybe the more traditional definition of ego of being, you know, egotistical, rightful of yourself, not battling, but you're, you know, you're trying to figure out like who you are as an individual and at the same time, you know, you're also being key- clued into like, Oh, but I'm, you know, I'm a, a, a high, i am aai have a higher self. I'm, you know, I'm more expansive than just this individual self, but you know, I, I still am me. And so, I don't know, it gets, I feel like it can be really tricky to like think through that stuff You know, I think for me, it comes back to what is your motivation for what you do? Because I think, and I fell into this trap of, you know, being a yoga teacher and being a pretty popular yoga teacher, my ego definitely got wrapped up in that. And Mm -hmm. actually 2020 was like, there were a lot of big healing moments for me and, and humbling moments because, you know, I mean... I was popular through an institution that essentially fell apart. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I lost a, a big part of my identity. And I think, you know, that's part of ego too. It's like what we identify as or with in this life. Um, and I definitely identified like as a yoga teacher who had a strong purpose and was doing important work and, when, you know, 2020 took a lot of stuff away from us, when that was taken away, it really forced me to sit with, well, who am I now? You know, who am I now without that? Um, But getting back to what I initially um, wanted to say about motive is um, I would often in my classes say, you know, what's what, just be aware of what's motivating you to go into maybe a deeper expression of the pose or, you know, those students who are like always doing handstand or, you know, like doing their own thing, like clearly, I mean, I'm sure you're having fun, but it kind of looks like you're showing off too.
0: Um,
1: so it's like, what's motivating you to do your work? I think that can tell you a lot about how much your ego is sort of playing a role in your life. Um, so for instance, going back to when I wrote my first book, it felt like very much like this is the thing that I need to be doing. It felt very pure. But, you know, I also had in the back of my head, well, I want it to be a best-selling novel. Like I want it to be famous. I want it to, I want it to make me um tons of money. And like that was definitely like an ego motivation that I felt like, okay, well, if I write this book, like it's gonna be super famous and, you know, it's gonna solve all my problems. Um, even though it did feel like it was coming from a very wholesome place, there was still that unexamined narrative in the back of my head. That was, you know, my work was being motivated because I thought that there would be some reward at the end of it. Is that
0: bad though? I mean, isn't
1: that kind well, of part of the know. plan? Honestly, I honestly don't know.
0: No, I'm I, with you. you know,
1: I think a lot about, a, I think a lot about that, um, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what's okay. And I think, you know, if you asked me this a few years ago, I would have said, no, like, it's not okay to be motivated by that, to be motivated by, you know, wanting to be successful or to have money. You know, I think my definition of, of that has changed over the last few years. Um, But, you know, your ego is your willpower too. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so it's like, If we kill off our ego completely, we kill off our willpower. You know, I think that's interesting too, because, you know, you can, you, you might see some people who, you know, appear to be super spiritual, but like, don't really get a lot done. You know, they kind of just like float (laughs) around and they're really ungrounded. And I'm at the point in my spiritual journey where I think everything is spiritual. I don't think there's like really a separation between you know, spiritual and non-spiritual. I don't even know if we like. I don't know. Life is spiritual, like you know, just yeah. The accent, you know. I think too, probably. You know, I don't have kids, but I'm sure just like seeing your kids, it's just like a- a- amazing, you know. Like it's a it's a miracle, and so mm-hmm. I think that's important to remember too. That it's more about being present for all of it because when you become present you see that spirit is in everything and it doesn't become you know it's you don't have to to work with crystals and you don't have to I don't know like I just feel like there's this whole kind of culture around spirituality that's developed um where it's like if you don't do these rituals or you don't have these objects you're not in the spiritual club and that Kind of bums me out because it's not like the things that make something spiritual or make something significant. You know, it's your intention, it's your heart, it's you know your the quality of your presence in the moment. You Mm -hmm. know,
0: which you've always done. You know, it's the way you deliver the information. Actually, I was listening to um, a human design teacher, Jenna Zoe, the other day, and she was saying basically, like, guess what, everybody, the world is waking up, we are, you know, the 1221 shift is huge, there are going to be more people than ever, we're already seeing it, that are Mm -hmm. so excited about what, quote, again, I say, quote, unquote, spirituality, because it's just so many things, but even like, waking up to human design, and astrology, and yoga, Mm -hmm. and these worlds that you and I get to live in, and it's our responsibility to not be a spiritual asshole, we can't Mm -hmm. say, that, you know, start using language that they don't understand and make them feel bad about it. Um, because they're, I mean, <laughs> you and I used to sit behind the desk at the studio and I would just like want to absorb all the things that you had to say, but I knew nothing. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know what a tarot card was. I didn't know my, my moon. And now I'm like, this is my whole life. This is what mm-hmm. I do all day, every day. So we're all just on these different paths and we have to Be inclusive, right? Like always, always, always include people that are curious and Mm -hmm. not make them feel bad about it. So thanks for always doing that. Whether or not like you were in your own Mm -hmm. head or not, like I never noticed it because you never made me feel bad about my lack of information. Mm
1: -hmm. What do
0: you think about that? Like about this whole, about this shift and like, do you think it's real? Do you think that our world is changing?
1: Yeah, I do. I do think it's real. I think it's going to take some time for sure. You know, I I compare it to a little bit to like, uh, I guess it's still this year. This year just feels like it's never ending. But
0: (laughs) this will air in 2021. Yeah. In
1: (laughs) January of 2020, when we had the, you know, the big conjunction then with like Pluto and I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was, you know, all the astrologers were saying structures are gonna break down and like massive transformation is coming. And you know, January came and went, and February came and went, and we were like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm kind of feeling some structures breaking down. But um, and then you know, March happened, year <laughs> happened, and we're like, oh, that was oh, shit. That really was real. So <laughs> I think, I think. And, you know, we're going to feel the repercussions of that for years to come. And so I think this, the alignment that just happened on the 21st is going to be, it's going to take some time for that energy to really integrate. until we sort of feel those shifts fully manifest here. But yeah, I mean, you've been seeing like this year, so many people waking up. And I think that's just going to keep happening. But there's also a lot of, it's like, we're in such still such a polarized place. And so there's a lot of people who are on the other end of the spectrum who kind of, who are still sleeping or just, you know, refuse to open their eyes or, you know, just don't see it. So a long time ago, I don't remember when it was, but like years and years ago, and I got, I was really into like new age stuff and like Ascension and like going to 5D. And I was like, yes, (laughs) like this is happening. Like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm ascending, you know, I'm having ascension symptoms. Anyway, it was like a whole thing.
0: <laughs> I love I, Like someday we need to do a whole thing on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, so I was really into that. And I would read these like platform called era of light. And it would have these articles of supposedly people who had like channeled these higher dimensional beings in and was like telling us what was gonna take place on planet earth and like what shifts were happening. Um And so probably in one of those posts, um, there was something about like at, you know, on this date and I don't remember when it was, it might've, might, it might've already passed, but basically we were gonna reach a point where, you know, you had to be like 51%, like a certain vibration, right? Like you had to be you know, 51% of you had to be like vibrating with like self-love and like love for everyone in this sort of more like unity mentality. And then if you were under that percentage, um, like you weren't gonna ascend or something. So if you were above that 50% line, like you were gonna ascend and you were gonna, you know, like move into this new reality of, I don't know, like, you know, moving towards 5D. And like, honestly, a lot of like, you know, the, how, how the world is waking up. I mean, it does seem like we're moving towards higher dimensions and just, Mm. even I feel like, you know, people who are aware, really aware of their dreams and like, I mean, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's, you could argue that that's a different dimension. Like I think it's really hard to know exactly what that looks like when you hear something like 5d, but you know, I mean, our, our consciousness is expanding and we are, you know, I think we are shedding a lot of denser ego layers that are bringing us to, yeah, just a very different vibration, vibrational place. You know, this alignment on the 21st was, or rather this whole year really was kind of, you were kind of seeing like the people who were more open and more loving and more awake were like, they're cause you could see like, there were some people who had like the best year ever in 2020, And then some people where it was just like the worst year ever. And so like, that's an Mm. interesting split.
0: And we might've moved through various versions of that this year too. Like I I can think about for me, like the hardest time in the pandemic, I was drinking a lot and I was hiding and the things that were coming my way were super painful and they were Mm. hard. And I, for whatever reason, made actually, you know, why is because I started to work with Meredith (laughs) and start talking about astrology and really, really, really diving in. And for me, it was getting out of my head as a Capricorn moon and moving into my heart as cancer Sun and like embracing these dualities within my life. And it, and like you said, vibrating in that space was when all, when it became the best year ever for me, it really, really, really did. And you're talking about channeling. Have you? So I think I had my first channeling experience, not long ago, like a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it was in deep, deep meditation and it was wild. I came out and just like bawling, feeling so excited. And my husband is like,
1: what the fuck?
0: <laughs> like what just happened? Have you ever done that? Have you ever ch- like channeled or like been into a meditation where you're getting like information?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, it used to happen all the time when I was teaching, I felt like I would while you were teaching, literally oh would god, just like channel my classes. Yeah, what?
0: Yeah, that's why they were so fucking awesome. Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my um, god! And I mean, because I, I would you know when I was teaching, like I would just let go because I can be and I can be super in my head and really critical. And obviously, those weren't the times so when like I would be able to channel stuff, but um. I, yeah, I would just set the intention before I would go into teach, you know, to like, just let whatever needed to come out, come out to whatever people needed to hear is what would come out. And I often didn't have like a very, very much of an outline of like what I would say or, you know, sometimes I had themes in mind, but often I would just surrender and tune into the collective energy of the room and like the craziest stuff would come out when afterwards I... I will be like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I didn't plan that. It just came out and I would, um, yeah, I would just like, it felt amazing. Cause it was just this total state of surrender and just, yeah, it would, it would just pour out of me. It was really amazing. Surrender,
0: surrender. That's it. I mean, you have yeah. to, which is really scary. I, I mm-hmm. mean, it, because you're a vessel, right. And yeah. like, and going back to like this whole childhood part, and I know that a lot of other people have have dealt with this as their awakening quote unquote is that like for me I was always really afraid that if I opened myself up too much that I would let something really bad in and I still feel that way like well what does that I actually
1: mean? think that that's a good that's a good like caution because I mean if you want to go there we can go there but I've had some crazy experiences with like darker entities and like attachments and same yeah, And so I think that's really smart to be able to like, you know, to have a really intentional boundary with what you are letting in. Um, because I didn't really know anything about that. I had heard about dark entity attachments and things like that, you know, but I didn't. And I thought maybe it was like, maybe I was suffering from that. And like, I had you know, a pretty rough past. Like I had extreme addiction and eating disorder and that kind of stuff is like, you can allow a lot of negative things in Mm. because you have such a negative mentality. And so I, you know, I think I was vulnerable to that anyway, but when I started getting in, you know, when I had like my awakening and started, you know, feeling really connected to this sort of invisible world of spirit I didn't know what I was doing and so I like welcomed a lot of stuff in like gods and goddesses and like I worked with oracle cards and like the ascended masters and I was still suffering um, from a feeling like of not enoughness and I you know that's just sort of a consistent theme that I you know that it's just part of my work here but um, I felt like I couldn't, you know, I wasn't enough. And so I would like call in these
0: mm. ascended
1: masters or, you know, or entities, but then um and like crazy stuff would happen. Like I have some crazy stories of like manifestation stuff that sort of like went dark and I essentially figured out that like I was allowing in like darker entities or darker forces because I wasn't feeling confident in my own spirit and like in my own self, Mm. um, as my, you know, as my own creative being, like I was relying on other things outside of myself and like asking for help outside of myself. And that's where it gets scary because the shit is real. (laughs) Like, you know, spirits are real and you know, like entities are real and they, they have their own agenda. And like, I haven't done enough, you know, investigation into magic and, you know, and just entities and things like that. But I've done enough to know that um, you don't, you know, unless you've really worked with this stuff and like worked with a teacher for years and years, you don't really know what you're calling in and doing any kind of like ritual work where you are like, drawing in other entities is really dangerous. Yeah.
0: Agreed. I, and I think what like you hit the nail on the head is that when you're, when you're asking, so outside of yourself, when you're looking outside of yourself, that's where it gets, it can get dicey and manifestation work is real. Shit is real. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And if you don't do the kind of the heavy lifting of un, un digging your own shadow, that's when you're more susceptible to some of, like you said, the the negative side of this. And I work with a good friend, Gina, who has been on the show a couple of times who does past life regression. And like, we've released an entity together. You can listen to a whole podcast episode on her show about releasing this entity from me. And at the same time, like there's just as with anything that we do in spirituality or in yoga or in anything do the research everyone like don't just mm-hmm. go down a path I mean that spiritual bypassing 101 is yeah. learn about what you're doing and you know looking out with looking outside of yourself is is something that you need to be careful with you know like for me I, I looked to my spirit guides I looked to some of my ancestors as guides but that's taken some significant time working with with Gina working on my own meditation where I start to feel comfortable, like asking them for help. Um, often it's just asking God for help, just mm-hmm. asking God, asking my higher self for help. And that's enough. That is yeah. enough. Um, cause I guess I don't, I don't want to scare people, but I think you're super right. That like without doing the, without doing the research and knowing what you're working with, you can be really susceptible. I do you have, i want. would you want to share any mm-hmm. like
1: those manifestation
0: story? Yeah. I'm super okay. curious. So yeah.
1: yeah, it's really, it's kind of wild. So I was always really obsessed with like manifesting money and like that, As in and many of it, are. <laughs> that, and I think like, and that, you know, but that's fine. We all need money, but, um, it was definitely coming from a place of lack, you know, of like, I, you know, I need, but anyway, that's not really the point, but so I was really into manifesting money. And so, you know, I was reading some books and I came across one exercise that said, um, you know, I mean, in a lot of, you know, like law of attraction and manifestation is like, you know, you put something out there and then you, you get something back. And, you know, there are a lot of beautiful practices with gratitude and there's, you know, there's a lot of mindfulness in it, but this particular exercise was, um, that you would write, um, like, a sweet note on a piece of paper and then put like a dollar or something inside it and then like leave it around to the city. And I, anyway, I loved that idea because I love like little pieces of paper and I love notes and I love like tying things up. And so <laughs> I, and I love like getting messages from the universe, you know? And Same. so I thought that was like super cute to, you know, leave a little like, you know, tied up piece of paper. And then someone would find it and it would have like a sweet message on it. So I put like a dollar bills into like I don't know. I probably did like 10 or 20 of these. And then I would go on walks and I would just leave them wherever, you know, felt significant. And so one day I was doing this and I put one on a, someone's not dashboard, but windshield and, you know, I was having a good day. It was like a beautiful fall day. I went, went on with my day. And then the next, I don't know, a day or two later, uh, I was living on Grand, Grand Avenue at the time, which is like notorious for like getting your car dented or like hit or whatever. And so, I and I was driving a really shitty car at the time. Um it was like uh not it wasn't a shitty, I actually really liked that car. Um, but it wasn't like an expensive car, it was like yeah. a two thousand dollar Honda or something. Okay. Um and so I came down to my car one day and there was a note on my windshield. And I was like, oh my god, what is this? And so I looked at it and it said, I you know, I scraped your car in traffic. Sorry, here's my contact info. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks someone. And so I looked at it it was like a little scuff, but there were other scuffs. So I was like, "Eh, it's not a big deal, but I felt like I should contact the person anyway and just go through it. Um, Anyway, long story short, I ended up contacting her, getting her insurance information and um, getting $1,000 for this like scuff on my car. I got it like assessed and Um, you know, the, the insurance, you know, adjuster said, yeah, you can, you know, you can get it fixed or you can just take the money and go to Hawaii. And I was actually planning a trip to Hawaii, like three weeks later. Yeah. I was (laughs) like, uh, okay. I'll just take the, I'll just take the money. So that felt like, holy shit, this works. That's amazing. Two months later, while we were in Hawaii, my car got stolen out of our parking lot. And yeah, ended up like the, you know, all the things that I don't remember what they like steal out of Hondas, but anyway, it was total (laughs) and I lost the car. And so, and then I ended up getting like my family gifted me a new one for Christmas, but it's kind of like, it freaked me out because of how like synchronistic and specific those, um, Mm -hmm. like getting, you know, putting, a note on someone's windshield and then having one on my windshield and then getting money and then ultimately having my car stolen it felt like a really strong message to be careful with this stuff because you just because at the time I also was like really asked I was really reaching outside myself for help and I was like mm-hmm, asking mm-hmm. you know Anything and everything just to help me. I think ultimately it was like a wake up call to, you know, this stuff is real. Don't reach outside of yourself and like reassess where this asking is coming from. So now when I work with manifestation, I for the last few years really focus on like the way that I set intention or the way I direct it is like, okay um, give me the, you know, like the willpower, like the energy to like do the work that I need to do to make, make myself money or to like be successful. Or like, I can't think of super specific examples of how I would phrase it, but I always try to, when it comes to like specific needs, I always try to redirect it to myself so that I'm accessing my personal power when I'm trying to manifest something into my life so that it's coming from me. So it's like, if I need a particular skill set, or maybe I need like a person to help me, you know, with this next step of this project, like I do that. I try to be specific about that so that it's like, I'm helping myself get there. Like you're the one creating this for yourself. You have that magic in you. You're working, always working with you know, the divine powers of the universe. It's not, you know, it's always that Mm co-creation. And so you have it within you. And so we want to empower people to remember that. And that's when you come into contact with the shadow aspects of yourself, you know, where you doubt yourself or, um, you know, you just have some blocks you have to work through. So that's the real work of spirituality. And it, you know, I think in that that like honeymoon phase of when you first start waking up to all of this, it feels ecstatic and it just feels like amazing. But then you have to come back to the deeper work of, you know, looking at yourself honestly and, you know, healing wounds and dealing with pains like we all have, you know, as human beings, we can't really go through this life. I don't think without that stuff, it's just part of the process of growth. Um, mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and it doesn't, you
1: know, it's this self-self-study
0: piece doing, I talk about shadow work a lot on this show. Like if people are curious, like what the heck is shadow work? It's it's diving deep into your subconscious through meditation, through journaling, through other modalities like past life regression, which we've talked about, to find the parts of yourself that you perhaps don't want to see. And mm-hmm. I mean, they're like perhaps they're memories, perhaps they're things that are ingrained in you from childhood, perhaps they're from a past life. There's just so many layers to it. And our subconscious is here to, you know, it's protecting us by not not pounding us with these memories or these shadows day in, day out, because we got stuff to do. We got, we got to like take care mm-hmm. of kids and jobs and all the things, right? And this like, you know, manifestation and it it is, it's magic. It's real mm-hmm. magic. And you have to do the hard work to get there. And your, when, like you had said, kind of, I think how I'm interpreting what you're saying in terms of like what you're asking for, it's like, ultimately we can get really specific, right? Like I have a very specific list of things that I'm manifesting right now, but at the end of the day, I'm just open to the, to the highest good. Maybe it's mm-hmm. A thousand new downloads. I don't know if that's, I'm like something really specific, but maybe, maybe it's 10,000 downloads. (laughs) Maybe it's five downloads on this episode that are like the most amazing listeners ever. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, you're open to the highest good. And we individually, we have this power. If we're open to it, Mm -hmm. um, it's within us. It's it's that connection to God and to source and whatever you know you want to look at
1: it. I'm so glad that we went down this path.
0: (laughs) I knew we would.
1: Yeah. And honestly, like what you were just saying about, you know, the shadow, like, I mean, that's ego too. Block like blocking, blocking the uncomfortable stuff. It's like that the ego is very much like a protective mechanism. And so you know, it keeps that darker stuff at bay. And so when we get, you know, when we get triggered, you know, that's like that, you know, that stuff getting poked and getting kind of activated. And then that's, you know, a trigger is sort of often an inconvenient uh, invitation into that, you know, that deeper self-study and that deeper self-examination. But yeah, I mean, your ego is, absolutely self-protective force and you think about people who are like really you know you would say are egotistical probably behind the the curtains there's some deep wounds that are you know making them project that bigger sense of self like I definitely have I have someone in my life where I know that's the case where it's like there's this sort of annoying outward um persona that's very arrogant and, you know, even rude. But then I know deep down this person has so much undealt with like childhood trauma and stuff that, you know, that ego is just protecting them from looking at or feeling on it. And,
0: life. you know, I think going back to the don't be a spiritual ass- asshole. It's like, it's not on us. I think it, I, like, if it were me, I'd like want to say like, here, like, let's do the shadow work. Let's dig into where this is. Like, <laughs> Want to help them, yeah, and it's not—it's not our journey, and we can't manifest for other people. Like, yeah, m- you know, my partner's starting to learn a little bit more about this, and like, I want to manifest for him all the time. I just want to help him, and I get reminders in my own work, in my own meditation, and and downloads that like it's not your role
1: to do it for him. He needs
0: to do it for himself. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I also just on this topic of manifestation, I do want to because this is like a reason why I admire you so much is that, and why I think you're really successful with manifestation is because you are so warm and like, so happy. Mm-hmm. Like, um I remember when we, when I first met you and, you know, you came into the grand studio and, you know, that has like a, like, that was kind of a heavy role to come into. Like, there's a lot, I feel like there was yes. like a lot of pressure and you know, we'd all, all these like old grandma teachers that have been there for 10 years were like, who is this person coming in? Like she's, you know, whatever. And then um, I met you and just like instantly loved you because you're just so, you're so happy and you're so, you're so optimistic and positive. And I mean, you're real, like, you know, it's not like a facade, it's not fake, but um, every time I'm around you and like these even these virtual calls, um, your, your optimism and your, you know, your just genuine joy, uh, for life is, is contagious. And I think that just that, that quality that you have, and I don't even know that there's a particular word that describes it, but I think that that's, um, one reason why you're so successful. Mm -hmm. You just, um, yeah, you just have this radiance and this just bubbly joy and excitement. It's just so sweet. Um, so anybody you. out there who, you know, really wants to get into manifestation, I mean, that sort of positivity and excitement and sense of wonder is really key. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. Really key to manifesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for those kind words. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> I remember those days like... So like, they were, I don't think I realized the weight of the scenario at the time either. And that's maybe why I was like, hey guys, I'm like, yeah, probably a good I've thing. only been teaching a couple of years and now I'm going to be your boss. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, and you guys are all so welcoming. I think that's what helped. Um, before, you know, we kind of close out this awesome convo. <laughs> I think there are, you know, on this show, this is this is accessibility. I want to bring self-care and self-discovery to everyone, to people that are brand new to this, to people that are, they, they have the funds to hire teachers or they don't have the funds and they're going to do it on by themselves. Like what tools or books, or maybe not YouTube
1: videos, <laughs> but
0: like paths, <laughs> would you see? A, That can <laughs>
1: that, be a, hole, a rabbit hole.
0: A rabbit hole. But like, you know, we, you know, we talked about letting go of gurus, right? We're, we're not yeah. seeking out gurus. We're just, I like to call them tools, tools to bring us yeah. back to ourselves. Do you have suggestions for listeners?
1: Yeah, um, I made a list here. Before I even recommend anything, I would just say, follow your intuition. Mm. If, if a person, you know, a teacher, a book, a program, anything, if it just feels right, um, or you kind of get those like spiritual shivers and you just for unknowable reasons you just feel attracted to that I would just say trust that and like you know if a book keeps coming up for you that that's a sign like just read it so um a few books that have been really powerful for me um one person in particular Clarissa Pinkola Estes who wrote Women Who Run With the Wolves Mm -hmm. that I mean that's a big that's a hefty book it's like I haven't read the whole thing you know it's like I've come back to it year after year and like read a little piece, but, um, she has incredible knowledge and wisdom and does a really good job of marrying the, you know, mystical with the psychological. And so she has these talks that I found a couple of years ago on audible. If you have an audible subscription, um, where they're basically, it's not a book. It's like, she must plan them out because they're like so beautiful, but she just kind of talks to you. It's almost like listening to a podcast hmm. um, where she just, she tells stories. Like her work is very rooted in myths and Jungian psychology, which works with the the psyche and the subconscious. Um, I so recommend Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Like they're like 10 hour talks on Audible. And I would just listen to them in the bathtub at night in the winter. And they're just amazing. Wow. Um, so one is called like the joyous body. Another one is the power of the crone. And you, and once you like open Audible and go in, you can just find a ton of them and sample them. I still so recommend those because they're just so beautiful and they really touch your soul. And she covers a lot of different topics. So I feel like there's a lot in there that could be resonant for people.
0: I'm glad you bring those up. Cause I've, I've tried to read women who run with the wolves and I, and this was sort of like pre Ashley now, and I don't, I couldn't latch on, but I, maybe it's time to revisit. And I, I think I'm going to start with those, with those first. I love that yeah. suggestion.
1: Yeah. Cause women who run with the wolves, I mean, it's dense. It's really, yeah. I mean, it's, it's dense, but yeah, I don't run
0: with the wolves yet. Maybe I will soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you probably do more than you
0: think. Okay. My children. I run with my children. They're little wolves. What? Okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs>
1: Um, another person I like is John O'Donohue. Um, he's a Celtic, he was, he passed, um, about 12 years ago, but he, he's a, he was a Celtic, um, kind of Christian pastor, I think. And he did a lot. He just has a beautiful, beautiful way of speaking to the unseeable and the divine and the mystical in life. So it's very grounded and connected to nature, but, and he's a poet, like he has books of poems and blessings. Um, the one book that I really love is called Anamkara. Mm. And again, covers like a lot of different um, topics and it, it, but it's very, uh, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? I feel I've been really spacey lately. Um, <laughs> it's very approachable or it's, you know, it's, it's not like heady. It's just really down to earth, but mm-hmm. you so beautiful and sweet. John O'Donoghue, I really recommend him. Um, and then if you're, you know, kind of getting into yoga and like the energy yoga energy system of the chakras, you have to read Eastern body, Western mind. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's just so good. And, you know, it's a big book, but you can, take it in pieces, you know, you do one chakra at a time, it's like 50 pages per chakra. And it just has such a great way of describing the energy that and the liberation that we're looking for in yoga, but just in a really grounded way that makes sense and helps you, it'll give you a lot of great prompts um, for your own inner work and like, looking at your own psychology and unraveling things that I've read that book many times, it's kind of the foundation of the chakra series that I teach in yoga classes. And that one is yeah. Top notch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I love that one too. Who was that? Who wrote that? Uh, Anodia Judith. Okay. She's kind of like the chakra queen. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah. written, she's written a couple different books. And then, you know, I think again, just kind of coming back to your intuition, especially if you're kind of in that like newly awakened spiritual phase and and things are kind of coming to you from all directions. Then I, mean, I just say dive into it. Like, you know, like we said, you know, be cautious about, you know, what you get into. And I think it's important to have a healthy amount of skepticism because there's Always. a lot of crazy With stuff everything. out there.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and the internet
1: is not flipping facts, everybody turns out. No. I mean, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can put anything on there. So discernment, Healthy amount of skepticism as you look into stuff, Um, but I do think there's something to kind of just taking in all of it. And sometimes you just have to take a lot in and then later reflect and kind of sift through and make up your own mind about what feels real or what feels resonant. You know, I think about like conspiracy theories. Like there's so much crazy stuff out there, but some of it is true. You know, like Mm -hmm. there are definitely like some things that would be considered wild theories that like, I don't know, I definitely feel are true. So it's kind of the same thing of like, use your own internal guidance system, use your own truth detector um, and logic too. you know, I think when we talk about spirituality, it's like, it's all just this like intuitive, like feminine, but like, no, it's important to always balance with logic and with critical thinking. Um, because that's how you get caught up in (laughs) cults, you know, when you stop thinking for yourself Mm -hmm. and you just believe everything that you read or you hear. So, um, yeah, just really connect in to your internal guidance. Um, I mean, for me, obviously, I feel like the moon is really powerful. And I love astrology. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, it's such an accessible um, way to get into some of these deeper conversations, too. Um, So yeah, I love I mean, just becoming aware of the lunar cycle, I think is really helpful. And that'll, you know, that'll just tie you into all the other astrology stuff that's happening, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll just start to understand it. And because i love even just knowing like what zodiac sign you know what season we're in i think is really helpful to know that like you know right now we're in capricorn season which is an earth sign and so all the you know the thing themes of earth are present of you know practical work goal setting um you know willing being willing to work hard are definitely themes of this month and just noticing too like how your energy shifts through the zodiac seasons um i think i said before for me like water signs are my like my time to dive deep and they're often really uncomfortable and really intense and so just by having some awareness around astrology and that you know that zodiac wheel i know you know what months and what seasons um I should do certain, you know, deep dives in. So I think, yeah, even just something as simple as, a, you know, not that astrology is, is simple, but <laughs> it's simple enough to know, to memorize the Zodiac and know where you are in it. And then, you know, that'll just lead you into knowing your personal energies more. And yeah, it's all just, and, you know, it's all about you uncovering yourself. I mean, that's, what's mm-hmm. really cool is that, um it's just about you exploring sort of the depths of your being and yeah some uh, sometimes you're going to come up against some you know darker painful stuff but you're also you know going to remember like the the innate gifts that you have and the beauty that you possess and um you know just kind of the joy of being human and being alive mm-hmm. um
0: and I'll even go as far as to, you know, it's it's unearthing these, these parts of yourself and it's also accepting. It's that radical yeah. self-acceptance, which is what makes self-discovery, you know, and self-care these things that like need to go hand in hand. If you're going to do this work, take care of yourself while you're doing it. And you get to come out on the other end in this way that is just magnetic and powerful and exciting. Mm-hmm. And like you and I both, man, yoga, whoo it, it yeah. just like swung that door right. open. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I mean, absolutely. When I first walked, when I walked into my first yoga class, I mean, I was, <laughs> it was definitely the gateway to all of this for me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so incredibly such a gift. Like, I don't think, I, I don't think I could have got taken any, you know, path in my life that, and I, I think I would have always been led to yoga because it was that impactful. Um, and, you know, it's like, it's, it really just starts out with like moving your body. And it's kind of funny, like how sneaky it is, you know, cause you really just go, you know, you go into a class and yeah, maybe the teacher has some like incredible things to say, but ultimately you're just moving into these shapes and breathing. And then something, I mean, there's magic in yoga, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, this. Mm-hmm. Because that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, like It is, if you, it
0: is. We're, we're all, again, we're all in different paths and different journeys. And like, you might've done a yoga class and you might've done a couple of yoga poses and been like, meh, I don't know. But at least this for us was, was really the launching pad. And, and, and it, like you said, it started in the physical practice. Mine was just yoga sculpt forever. Yeah. Like we just yeah. jumped around and like. I mean, I don't even like, I do still think it's yoga because yoga is breath and it's intention and like, there's so much more to mm-hmm. it. Right. But like for, that was a lot of jumping jacks and it's still looking where I am today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Kate, this is like, this is so fun. Kate is the inspiration for these conversations on Tuesdays where we just, I don't know, we just shoot the shit and we talk about things that are real and hear it from real live brains. Not that the people, not that the guests I interview on other days aren't real life brains, but it's just less structured. And I'm so, 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 so glad that we could do this. And I can't wait to chat more
1: in the future, Kate, more topics. Let's just. Yes. Yeah, it. definitely. I'm all about it. I love talking. So.
0: Well, can you yeah. just um, tell listeners where to find you if they want to do any of your classes or your rituals or get your book? Um, yes.
1: Yeah. um So I post pretty much everything on uh, Instagram and Facebook. So my Instagram handle is just my name, kate.cherny. Uh, Same with Facebook. Um, I do weekly yoga classes, which are all donation based via Zoom. So I post the link and everything, just pop in. I'd love to have you. And then I do uh, monthly new moon ceremonies, which I post on my social media and stories, and I'll do a post. And then I'm also going to be starting monthly, free monthly full moon meditations on Instagram. And that's just going to be like a 20 minute meditation. And my website, thesimplewisdom.net, uh, will also have all of my upcoming workshops. I do self-study workshops. Um, and I have a moon ceremony ebook, which can also be found on my Instagram and Facebook and website. And that just takes you through um a bunch of moon ceremonies and kind of how to work with that lunar energy um on your own. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. Thank you.
0: Thanks again for tuning into Yoga Magic. Thanks to Kate for sharing your wisdom. You can follow along in the Yoga Magic community on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast. I will see you on Thursday. Thanks, everyone.